Hello, everyone. Welcome back, or welcome to, wait for it, Mornings with Mac, because we changed the name. Uh, So for those of you who have been listening for a minute, uh, this used to be called The Andrew Show. I decided to change my name to Mac, obviously. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, one of my friends uh, actually was like, guys, I think I want to change my name. I don't know if I should. And I was like, wait, that's a good idea for you. But also, I kind of want to change my name too. She inspired me. So I thank her for that. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, after a couple weeks of thinking, I was like, huh, kind of funky, kind of cool to this name. So... I, I like it. I hope you guys like it. I think personally it, it fits me a little better. I don't know. Gotta get used to it. Just like like everyone else has to get used to it. Anyways, um, today we are going to be talking about satire. Um, satire is one of my favorite genres of show. <laughs> I love satires. Um, and today I'm going to be doing something a little weird. I'm going to be comparing and contrasting Glee and Arrested Development because one of them I think is a very successful satire and one of them is a not so successful satire. And so today I'm going to be talking about um, what what makes one successful versus what makes one not so successful Um, because I think it's actually a really interesting topic. Uh, So that's our episode. But first we do have some business. So first of all, um, obviously I haven't made an episode in a minute. <laughs> um, I first was having a lot of stuff going on um, for me, just personally, like with my mental health and everything. Um, and then there was this, a lot of stuff going on with school for me. Um, I had to do with that. And then I graduated. Crazy. I, I graduated. Um, so hell yeah. And, uh, now we're here, a couple weeks after I graduated. Um, yeah, (laughs) I wanted to make an episode for so long, and I just haven't been able to, like, find the time or motivation to do it, but finally I am doing it, and I wanted to make this specific episode for a long time, too, so very excited. Um, also you might have noticed a little decline in audio quality. Sorry about that. Um... I lost my mic, so we are currently without mic, but uh, hopefully we will find it soon and everything will be back to normal and it'll be okay. But for today, sorry, but you're going to have to deal with the lower audio quality. Uh, And I don't think there's any other business, so without further ado, let's get into it. Okay. So, like I said, we are going to be talking about satire and what makes a successful satire versus an unsuccessful satire. So, first of all, what even is satire? Um, As defined in Oxford Dictionary, satire is the use of humor, irony, exaggeration, or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics or other topical issues. So basically, it is making fun of people by uh, exaggerating or making fun of them. (laughs) 
making fun of people by using exaggerated portrayals to make fun of them. That I'm so bad at describing things. Anyways, um, hopefully you get you get it. Hopefully, um, anyways, so let's first discuss what I think is the most important part of any satire, which is clarity. Um, I think it's, well, I know it's very important um, in any satirical anything to be clear that it is satire. You can't, uh, you know, just go up and say a bunch of problematic things and then be like, oh, but it's satire. You have to show that it's satire. You have to be very deliberate and very clear with your satire. You have to make sure that everyone is going to know that this is satire. I am not serious. Because otherwise, it's not a great satire. And I think that's the problem with Glee. They don't make it clear that it's a satire. I didn't know it was a satire until, like, last year when a lot of people started saying it's a satire and I looked into it and it actually is supposed to be a satire. Like I genuinely had absolutely no idea that it was supposed to be satire because they aren't clear about it. Also, the whole thing isn't a satire. Some of it is satirical, some of it is serious, and it's very very hard to differentiate when it's serious and when it's not. And that is another big issue. Like, it's just very, very difficult to try to make something that is both satirical and serious because they are so opposite. And that's why I think um, Arrested Development works so well. Okay, well, not that. I was going back to the original thing about making it clear. That's why I think Arrested Development works so well because they are so clear well, that's one of the reasons they are so clear with their satire. It is very, very clearly a satire. How do they establish that? First of all, the use of a narrator. You don't have to use a narrator in your satire, um, and a lot of people don't, but I think the use of a narrator really, really helps because the narrator is supposed to be the one that is kind of seeing things from the audience's point of view. Obviously, that's what a narrator is. Um, and they, the narrator is the one who is, like, the good guy, and I'm doing air quotes, the good guy in the situation. The narrator is the one who is, like, sensible and a decent person, and he's telling a story about horrible people, so, and I think that really, really helps make it clear. Like, the narrator is able to use a sarcastic tone and is able to... Um, just use his tone in general, not just in not just for sarcasm, but just in general to um, kind of create that satire. <laughs> like he he's able to use his tone to uh, convey to the audience that that they're not supposed to be agreeing with the Bluth family. You know, when he explains what the Bluth family is doing, he's saying it like, "Wow, they're doing this." go them, you know, kind of sarcastically, um, or just in a way that is, that makes it so that you know that you're not supposed to be agreeing with them. I think that really, really helps, like really, really helps. And also Arrested Development 
is very consistent. It is consistently a satire for the entire series. It doesn't change into something more serious. It is a satire. It is a comedy, even in the more serious moments. It's still satirical, and it's still a comedy. That's where I think Glee goes really, really wrong, or that's where they start to go really, really wrong, and it kind of messes up everything from then, is that they still try to have serious moments. They still try to talk about serious social issues, but then they turn around and try to make stuff into a joke. And it's just, it's very confusing, and it ends up being very, eh, you know? For example, the character of Rachel Berry is, I guess, supposed to be seen as a satirical character. She's kind of um, supposed to be making fun of that, you know, like, gets whatever she wants, diva, um, that kind of person. But it's it's hard <laughs> because she still has so many moments where she is seen as the protagonist, you know? And I think in a satire, if you're trying to make fun of a certain type of character or a certain type of person, you can't make that person be the good guy. You can't make that person be the protagonist and, like, be the person you're supposed to side with. If you're, if you're trying to make fun of them, why are you trying to get the audience to side with them? You know, like, that's not really... It's not really how it works. Um, and it makes it... It makes it very difficult, you know? On top of that, um, I know that Leah Michelle, who played Rachel Berry, is actually like that in real life. Like, she is actually very similar to her character in real life. So it's very hard to make fun of a type of character when the actor playing that type of character is actually that type of character, if that makes any sense. You know, like, it's just... It, it's hard to be a satire when your actor is what you're making fun of. It's, it's hard for your actor to make fun of someone like themselves. Um, but that is supposed to be one of the satirical parts of the show. However, they also try to tackle, like I said, try to tackle a lot of different social issues but it's like when when you are, you know, presenting the show as a satire and then also trying to seriously tackle social issues, it just gets it it's very weird to me. It's very weird because it's like, are you are are you trying to say that these social issues aren't big aren't actually like real issues if you're trying to market the show as a satire? Because, um, for example, you know, there's parts where they, they try to, um, you know, make episodes about domestic abuse, about, um, suicide and, uh, like, homophobia and, um, what, eating disorders and teen pregnancy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like, if you're, if you're marketing your show as a satire, why not tackle those issues with clear satire because I think you can still do that you definitely can still do that but don't make your whole show satire except when you're trying to tackle social issues 
because then it's just like is this supposed to be satire like are you making fun of these issues like what are you doing and it's just it's not it's not good it's not good um and then second of all let's talk about characters um in a successful satire i think your character should be likable to a point but still be visibly and clearly problematic like if you're trying to make fun of certain characteristics or beliefs or whatever that people have um your characters that are representing that should obviously have those characteristics that you're trying to make fun of but should also to a point be likable because while you are making fun of them no one wants to watch a show with completely unlikable main characters. For example, in Arrested Development, all the Bluths are, like, horrible people, you know? They are, like, racist and homophobic and huge, like, capitalists and very greedy and just kind of overall mean to everyone, um, only care about themselves, those kind of people. Um, however, they are still semi-likable they do still have likable characteristics and to a point they are supposed to be relatable and they are relatable um however in glee it's kind of a toss-up um either the characters are just completely unlikable or they are like very likable and like don't really have any character like negative characteristics or they have, like, negative characteristics, but in the wrong way, if that makes sense. Um, or it's like, they are, they are all negative characteristics, but then you're supposed to like them. Um, like, for example, I think one of the main reasons um, Glee was so hard for me to watch <laughs> was because Rachel Berry is, like, the main character or one of the main characters and she is just so unbelievably unlikable like there was not a single thing I liked about her and it was it was very hard to watch um because it, it felt like it wasn't I don't know it didn't feel like satire I'll, I'll say that I don't know what it felt like it didn't feel like satire it felt like I was just watching a show with a terrible main character um like it it I don't know she had no likable or relatable traits. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, other characters, like Blaine, for example, um, he had negative traits, negative characteristics, and unlikable characteristics, but those characteristics didn't seem like they were being played for satire. Like, they seemed like they were being played to make a genuine, well rounded character and that's not a bad thing it's just when you're making a satire it's very hard to have a actual real main character like um who is that well-rounded you know you know what I'm saying okay I feel like I'm not making any sense but it's just when you're making a satire it's very hard when one of your main characters and he's not the only one so when a lot of your main characters are genuinely well-rounded people but then you're like, but it's a satire. Like, what are we supposed to be making fun of? What are, What is the satire, you know? Um, and then if, if those characters aren't part of the satire, I feel like we need to make that clear. Because I, I don't really know where the satire ends, you know? Um, same with Santana. 
like she had definitely her moments where she was pretty unlikable and she had negative traits, negative characteristics. However, she still was a very well-rounded character. She still did have her serious moments. She still did have a character arc. And while that's not bad, it's just... It's just very difficult to see where that satire ends. Like, is is she supposed to be satirical as well? I, I don't know. Um, but with Arrested Development... Um, all the main characters are, they, they have negative characteristics and um, positive characteristics, like they are still, you know, relatable to the audience and, you know, not just completely unlikable. However, the negative characteristics outweigh the positive characteristics, so it's like we, we're still making fun of them and... We, we can still tell... What am I saying? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. It made sense in my head. Um, okay. Let me, let, me, let me say that again. I don't know how to word things. Um, they are not completely unlikable. However, their negative characteristics that we are making fun of outweigh their regular human positive characteristics in a way that it's they're not perfectly well-rounded so that we can see that they they are satirical characters, you know? Um, with, like, Blaine and Santana, for example, they are so well-rounded, so it's like, I don't know if this is supposed to be satire, and I can't tell what we're supposed to be making fun of. With the characters on Arrested Development, they are not well-rounded, so I know what we're supposed to be making fun of, and I know that they are satirical characters. Anyways, um... I don't know if this matters to anyone, but I just got sushi. Sushi's my favorite food, if you didn't know. So, unless you want this to turn into a mukbang, I'm gonna take a quick break from recording. Um, and then I will be back. Alright, I am back. And you know what? You probably didn't even notice, or you wouldn't have noticed if I didn't say anything. Maybe you would have. I, I don't know. Anyways, wait, I turned my fan on while I was eating because it was like really hot. But I feel like that's going to have some background noise, so I'm going to turn it off really quick. If I can reach it, I'm, I really try not to move. Oh, that made it worse. Okay. Oh, now it's, like, eerily quiet. Interesting. Anyways, um, but moving on, I'm not going to lie, I did forget what I was talking about right before I decided to go eat sushi. But, um, getting started on a new idea. Uh, okay. This, I don't think Glee actually has that many examples of this, but another another reason that um, Arrested Development is such a successful satire is because though the main characters are supposed to be hated and are awful people and do make a lot of offensive jokes and say a lot of offensive things, um... There is nothing that is just outright offensive. Because in all the instances of the main characters saying offensive things, or any of the characters saying offensive things, um, it's, you know, it's satire, you know? It is satire, and you're not supposed to be laughing with them, you know? You're supposed to be laughing at them. Um, and I, th I think that that's obviously good. 
something though that a lot of I think unsuccessful satires do is they don't have a good um how do I word this <laughs> like they'll they'll make offensive jokes but they'll just be offensive you know like there's no it, it won't have that satirical part because a lot of offensive jokes are um when you're making a satire a lot of the offensive jokes well all of the offensive jokes in that satire the funny like the funniness of the joke comes from the fact that it's satire you know um it doesn't come from the joke itself and and I feel like a lot of people kind of don't do that <laughs> like a lot of people uh try to make the offensive jokes themselves funny and then it obviously just comes across as offensive um you know what I'm saying I feel like that does not make sense but but you know what I'm saying like you can't when you're making a satire and you are making a satirical character make an offensive joke um the the joke doesn't come from the joke itself it comes from the satire it comes from the fact that you're laughing at the character making the joke. You're not laughing at the joke itself, if that makes any sense. Um, and a lot of people I've seen, um, you know, try to, they don't understand that. And so they try to make it so that you're laughing at the joke, but that's not satire. Then it's not satire because you're not laughing. You're, you're just laughing at the joke. Like, then it's just a joke, you know? And I feel like it's, a lot of times does come across as offensive if you're making a, an offensive joke obviously it's, it's gonna come across as offensive um and I think Glee does this not uh like joke wise I don't think they make any like at least not that I can think of um like offensive jokes where you know the situation I just described but um, they do, they do say a lot of just offensive things, and then it's like, is this a sad, like, is this supposed to be satire? I don't know. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Or not an offensive joke, sorry. They just, like, say something offensive, you know? Um, and you're like, it, like, are, are you serious? I can't, I can't tell. Um, you know, so similar, similar kind of deal, you know? Um... That, that's actually why I stopped watching for, I stopped watching Glee for a minute because it just, it was starting to get actually offensive and I was like, uh, okay. Um, I, I shut it off and then a couple months later I did come back to it. Um, and I ended up finishing it and it was something, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think I stopped at like season three four I think the end of season three or the no the beginning of season okay you know what I don't remember it was it was about it was where Mar Marley's eating disorder when they tried to do that and it just it was just offensive <laughs> honestly it it was just offensive and I, I was like yeah I have put up with this for three seasons I can't do it anymore and I turned it off um, yeah, but like I said, I did come back to it, but that is, that is an issue Glee has. That's not the only time 
that is an issue Glee has, where they, it's always when they, like, try to, like, discuss an actual issue, they just do it so poorly that it just is offensive. Um, they, they did it with, uh, the domestic abuse thing that they tried to do, um, I think, okay, the suicide one, it definitely wasn't accurate, but I don't think it was offensive. <laughs> was it cheesy and, and inaccurate? Yes. Was it offensive? I don't think so. Um, uh, what else did they try to do? Oh, boy. Um, I don't even remember. But point is, though, um, yeah, they, a lot of, a lot of, the offensiveness of Glee comes from them trying to tackle serious social issues and just doing it really poorly. Um, so there's that, which also is another thing I've probably talked about already, but I feel like in a satire, you can't, I mean, you can tackle those issues, like issues like that, like social issues, but it's you can't try to make it serious you know you have to keep the satire you know what I'm saying like you can't just stop being satirical for a minute and then pick it back up again you know you if you're going to address a serious issue it needs to still be satirical you know once you've committed to satire you've committed to satire and and it's very hard to switch back um you know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like I've definitely talked about this earlier, but um, I think that's the issue Glee has, is that they're constantly switching between satire and serious, and it you, you can't really do that, you know? You have to commit to one or the other, I think. You have to commit to being a genuine show or being a satirical show. One or the other, you can't have both, because otherwise it just it doesn't work. Um, and, and that's you know, you don't have to be a satire, you don't have to be a satirical show, you can be a genuine show, you don't have to be a genuine show, you can be a satirical show, but once you commit to one, you've committed to that one, and you can't, you can't change it, because otherwise it just gets weird. Anyways, um, another aspect of, not aspect, I guess, but another, uh, I guess, method, not method, okay, I don't know what the word, I guess a way, just we'll say a way for now, a way of, a way to make a successful satire is just to be kind of weird. Um, I feel like most of the successful satires I have seen have the characters just in, like, completely weird and random situations. Um, like, like in Arrested Development, uh, I feel like there's always just a weird situation, you know, that, like, you, no normal person would find themselves in. Um, I don't know. What's a good example? Like, uh, when Tobias, like, joined the Blue Man group, or tried to join the Blue Man group, and then it it ended up to being, um, cause he, I don't remember, oh my god, I can't talk. He saw an ad to join, like, the Blue Man group, and then he thought it was, like, the Blue Man group, but it ended up being, like, a support group for depressed men. Um, like, that's a, that's a ridiculous situation. Like, no normal person is gonna end up in a situation like that. You know, um, when, uh, Lindsay, like, ran off to the middle of the desert with that guy and they had a pet ostrich, no normal person is gonna be in a situation like that. And I feel like that is 
that really helps add to the satire, you know? Um, um, it, it adds to, like, these people are weird, you know? It adds to that idea that these people are weird and they're crazy. And, you know, the, I can't talk, but um, it, it adds to that idea that they're weird and crazy. Um, and I feel like, I mean, you definitely can go without those those kinds of situations. It's definitely possible, but I think it really helps the satire. And I feel like that is something that helped Arrested Development and a lot of other satirical shows um, be more successful in that satire. Um, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, I feel like I feel like that's all I had to say. I feel like. I talked for half an hour, and yet I said nothing, but I oftentimes feel like that. Um, but I kind of don't want to end it so early. I feel like all my other all my other episodes are like an hour long, and I feel like I don't want to talk for an hour, but I definitely don't want to talk for like half an hour. Uh, maybe I'll talk for like 45 minutes, so I'll talk for another 15 minutes ish. Um, unless I like to tell you on something else, and I'll be talking for a while probably. Um, let me share with you my favorite movies, though. We're talking about shows. I'll share with you my favorite movies. Um, let's, let's, I gotta think about this one. Every time someone asks me, like, what my favorite movies are, I immediately forget every single movie I have ever watched in my life. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's the same with music. Every time someone says, like, what music do you listen to? I just, what is music? I, I forget every music ever. Um, anyways, one of my favorite movies, Megamind. Love Megamind. Um, uh, Kung Fu Panda and Madagascar. Uh, all of those. I, sp- I really like Kung Fu Panda 2. Um, and Madagascar 1. Uh, uh, okay, I like Madagascar 2 also. Probably, yeah. Madagascar 2. Um, I also like the, the first and third one, but the second one, pretty good. Same with Kung Fu Panda. Um, there should be a Kung Fu Panda 4. And a, and a, and a Madagascar 4. And a Megamind 2! I want Madagascar. No, Megamind. What am I saying? I want Megamind 2. Anyways, um, love those. <laughs> if you want some more, I guess, mature movies, I'll give them to you. Um, I love Rocky Horror, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love it so much. I think it is perfectly camp, beautiful. Um, Mallrats is one of my absolute favorite movies. Um, I love all of those uh, movies, like the Jane Silent Bob View Askew movies. Um, I don't know. People call it the 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 View Askew universe. I don't call it that because, um, there, I, I don't know what movies that includes, (laughs) um, because I know that there are other movies that View Askew made that, like, aren't in the same universe, or, like, don't involve the same characters, um, I think, honestly, I have not seen the other View Askew movies, uh, I'm looking it up as I speak. Um, <laughs> okay, the View universe. Uh, it can, can, I, I can't talk. It includes Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Giant Silent Bob, Strike Back, Clerks 2, 
Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie, and the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, okay. So it is just those movies. I thought it, like, included all the BSV movies. And I know some of them have literally nothing to do with any of those movies. Um, that's why I'm saying it. I just know it is just, it is just those movies. Like, the, the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Anyways, that was all of them, I think. I feel like it's missing some, but I, I don't know what it's missing. Because <laughs> it's not it's literally not missing anything. I just feel like it is. Um, anyways, I like all of those a lot, but my favorite is Mallrats, I think. Um, I also like Dogma. Those are probably my two favorites. I like Clerks too. Maybe I like Clerks too a little more than Dogma, I think. Or do I? I don't know. I know Mallrats is my favorite though. Um, I know I don't like Chasing Amy. That's the one I, I don't like. I watched it like one time a couple years ago and I was like, I do not like this. Um... Let's talk about Chasing Amy, because I have thoughts and opinions. Um, personally, I don't like Chasing Amy for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I just don't think the plot is that interesting. <laughs> um, I'm not huge on, like, romance films. Like, if it's going to have romance, it needs other things. And I feel like it just didn't have enough other things in it. Like, it it's a romance movie, and it definitely did have other things. But, like, not enough to entertain me. Um... Also, uh, very weird, like, representation of lesbians. Very weird. Um, that being said, it, at the time, it came out in the mid-90s. And at the time, it was incredible representation for lesbians. And that needs to be recognized, definitely. Because um, there were no uh, LGBT movies in general, you know, in the mid-90s. I mean, there were a couple, but not very good ones. Um, let alone lesbian movies. There still are, like, negative numbers of lesbian movies. There's barely any. Um, and so when that came out in the mid-90s, it was very, very incredible representation because there were no lesbian movies ever um, before that. And, you know, now, like, 20, more than 20, like, 30 almost years later, um... You know, we look at that and we're like, ew, that's, like, kind of gross representation. Um, but back then it was very incredible. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, basically it is about um, a girl or a guy who falls in love with this girl that he meets. Um, her name is not Amy. <laughs> I, it's called it's called Chasing Amy because, never mind, doesn't matter, irrelevant. Anyways, it's about this girl... I cannot talk. It's about this guy who falls in love with this girl, and um, she's a lesbian. Uh, and so he becomes just really good friends with her, even though he does like her. Um, and they end up becoming just friends. Uh, and then she ends up realizing that she isn't a lesbian, and she's bisexual, and um, they date. Yeah. Um, anyways... Uh, the reason it's not great lesbian is because it kind of reinforces that idea of, like, you know, like, lesbians are just, like, they just haven't met the right guy yet, you know? Um, so that's why a lot of people don't love it. Uh, but, like I said back then, it was very good representation, and we do need to recognize that. Anyways, little rant there. Uh, tangent. Uh, what other movies do I like? I like Senior Trip, like National Lampoon Senior Trip. It's also very camp. I love camp 90s stoner movies. That is my favorite genre ever. It's so good. Camp 90s stoner movies. Mall Rats. Um, really all of the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Um, Senior Trip. Days and Confused. I love Days and Confused. Um, 
uh, The Big Lebowski. I love The Big Lebowski as well. All those kind of movies. 90s stoner movies. My fave. Anyways, um, what else? What other movies do I like? I like Marvel movies, just in general. My favorites are um, Ant-Man, like the Ant-Man movies. Um, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are great, incredible, terrific, 100% best Marvel movies ever, in my personal opinion, and my opinion is correct. Um, Star Wars movies. I like Star Wars movies. I really like, okay, don't come for me. I love this. I love episode two. Attack of the Clones. So good. It's so bad. It's so good. Um, it's really bad. It's, it's, it's bad. Uh, the, the script is interesting. Uh, the, the CGI, also interesting. The acting, a little interesting from some people. Uh, not naming names. Natalie Portman, this has nothing to do with you. Natalie Portman is listening to this. She's really not, but if she is, this has nothing to do with you. I love you. You're beautiful and amazing and talented and... You could never... Okay, I'm not going to jinx anything. Not going to jinx it. Not saying anything. Anyways. Um, what was I saying? Attack of the Clones. Okay, it's kind of bad, but for some reason I am so drawn to it. It's so good in my eyes. It's so good. I watch it, like, way too often, probably. Honestly. Uh, every time anyone's like, uh, let's watch Star Wars, and I'm like, Attack of the Clones, and everyone's like, no, let's not watch Attack of the Clones, and I'm like, let's watch Attack of the Clones. Um, I, I like Attack of the Clones. Anyways, uh, oh, what else do I like? Oh, here's a movie I didn't expect to like, but I did. Uh, what was that movie called? Not Brokeback Mountain. I do like Brokeback Mountain, though. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. That's the one. I watched it in my 10th grade history class. Um, Right? Am I remembering that wrong? I think I watched it in my 10th grade history class. Um, and I I was like, eh, not excited. Because, um, like, I don't know. I, I'm not usually a fan of, like, war movies. You know, they kind of bore me. They're always kind of boring. Um, and, but we watched it in class, and it was actually so good. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a great movie. I loved it, genuinely. Um, I, I don't think it's one of my favorites, but, uh, it's, it's a movie I did not expect to like at all, but I ended up really liking, so that's good. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like, like, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, I love, I, I love Barbie Princess Charm School. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I unironically love Barbie Princess Charm School, I'm not kidding, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Also, uh, Barbie Princess and the Popper. Also good. Um, but Princess Charm School, incredible, beautiful, amazing. Diamond Castle is also so good. Oh my god. Diamond Castle is one of my favorite Barbie movies, definitely. Um, what else? Oh my god, Mermaidia? No, not Mermaidia. Uh, Mermaid Tale. Mermaid Tale. Barbie Mermaid Tale. Terrific. Um... Anyways, <laughs> uh, oh, you know what I, oh my god, what is that movie? 
Thumbelina, but the golden films, Thumbelina. But golden films is my shit growing up, dude. Okay, it's like, if you don't know what it is, it's like this off-brand, like, movie company. And they make, like, off-brand Disney movies. And it's so good. Please do yourself a favor and just watch their movies. It's incredible. But they have Thumbelina. I don't think Disney actually made a Thumbelina. So, they're original. Um, but it's so good. It's I haven't watched it in years, I'm not gonna lie. But it's terrific, I promise. From what I remember, it's terrific. Um, anyways... Oh my god, you know what I watched last night? Uh, Betty Tales, but the pirate one, um, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. That's so good. It's such a good movie. I'm like, unironically, it is such a good movie. Um, okay, that, that Betty Tales movie, and then, um, Jonah, the Betty Tales Jonah movie. Those were the only two Betty Tales movies I was allowed to watch as a kid for some reason. Don't know why. I don't know. It just, those were the only ones I could watch. There was another one. I don't remember what it was, but the it, Princess Petunia. I'm looking that up right now. I'm looking at VeggieTales Princess Petunia because that's all I remember from it. The girl's name was Princess Petunia. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Anyways, Princess and the Pop Star. VeggieTales Princess and the Pop Star. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's what came up. Um, oh my god, it was, it was, um, no, give me the actual movie. Oh, there were three of them? Oh, there's three VeggieTale movies with Princess Petunia. Sweet Pea Beauty, Search for Noah's Umbrella. Okay, <laughs> wait, Sweet Pea Beauty, The Search for Noah's Umbrella. And Duke and the Great Pie War. I think I watched Sweet Pea Beauty because that's the only one that sounds familiar. <laughs> what is <laughs> the search for Noah's umbrella? I want to watch that because what is it? Oh, she's rhubarb. Oh, no. Last night I was watching with my family. It was a family event. Um, we were watching Veggie Tales. Anyways, and I was like. I was like, what vegetable? <laughs> what vegetable are they? Um, the princess and the prince from that. And then um, Bernadette, Larry's girlfriend. I don't know why I know her name. She was in like one scene. Anyways, um, I know. I was like, what vegetable are they? What vegetable looks like that? They are rhubarb. I just found this out. They don't look like rhubarb. That's not what rhubarb looks like. <laughs> like that that's not rhubarb. I don't know what it is, but it's not they look like like a pea with a like a pea on a stick. That's not rhubarb. It's not. I'm suing rhubarb. No, not rhubarb. I'm suing Veggie Tales for misrepresenting rhubarb. Anyways, um What was I saying? I was saying I love the VeggieTales pirate movie. I promise you watch it and you will not be disappointed. You won't. It's so good. Like, genuinely, unironically, it is such a good movie. Anyways, um, what else? Wait, I have movies behind me. Okay, I always get, like, my favorite movies on DVD. Um, I don't know why. Okay, because, like, I don't even, like, use DVD that much because I literally... 
never mind, that's incriminating evidence, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but I don't, I don't watch, like, on my TV, I don't know, my brothers are usually, like, watching TV, so I just don't, because obviously I can't watch, I mean, I can, but, like, I don't want to watch what they're watching, so, anyways, but I always try to get my favorite movies, like, on DVD, so I can just, like, have them, um, so I have them right behind me, and I totally just remembered that, uh, what do I have? Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, Kung Fu Panda 1, Megamind. Ow, I just, like, cut myself with my fan. I don't know how you do that, but I did it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Monster House. I love Monster House. It's not my favorite. I think I got that at a sale, actually. So, I didn't get it because it's my favorite. I got it at a sale. But I still love it, so it's okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought it. Anyways, um, Repo. Oh my god, how did I forget about Repo? Ugh. I love Repo. That's literally one of my favorite movies. I don't know how I forgot it. Oh my god. Okay, if you haven't seen Repo... Wait, I think there's two Repos. <laughs> um, and I think what I'm talking about is not the one most people think about. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not talking about Repo Man. I'm not. I'm talking about... And I'm not talking about Repo Men. I'm talking about Repo the Genetic Opera. Trust me, it's a 2008 movie, and it has um, the girl who played Carmen in Spy Kids, um, and also uh, Paris Hilton, and also Sarah Brightman. If you don't know who Sarah Brightman is, she is a terrific opera singer. Look into her, she's great. Um, and who, does, who else have it? It has Joan, Joan Jett. I'm looking at the cast list. It has Joan Jett. She's a guitarist. I did not know she was in that movie. I knew all the other people were. Did not know Joan Jett was in it. Um, what am I thinking? Oh no, I am thinking of Sarah Brightman. I was like, who is that girl? That is Sarah Brightman. Anyways, um, it's it's such a good movie. Okay, if you're not into like blood or guts, uh, don't because <laughs> that's all it is. Um, also sex. There's a lot of disgusting like bloody sex, which is interesting anyways uh but if you're fine with all of that like uh sex and lots of blood and graphic things um like for example ripping people's organs out definitely watch it if you're okay with all that because it is so good it's like one of those movies that's like i don't know it's camp it's definitely definitely camp <laughs> um but i i very much love it i think it's great it's, it's also a musical it's like a it's quite literally a rock opera, like, um, it is rock and opera, both. Like, the, the music is quite literally both rock and opera. They sing both. Um, I don't know, rock operas are, like, an actual genre of musical, and they never actually sing opera in it. It's like operatic style lyrics, but sung um, in a rock style. Like the lyrics are operatic, but the music style is rock. Um, that's typically what a rock opera is. This is quite literally rock and opera, um, but it's it's such an interesting combination. It, it works so well and it's so good and I love it so much. Anyways, um, moving on. <laughs> Uh, 
the uh, the 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 I can't think of the name. Oh my god, it's like on the tip of my tongue. The name of this movie that I literally watch so often, but now that I have to talk about it, I can't remember it. Um, it's the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. Don't know why I could not remember The Dirt. I love that movie as well. It's on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. Last time I watched it was like a month ago, and it was definitely on Netflix. It is still on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix original, actually. Unless it's not, and I'm stupid, because it actually might not be. Anyways, (laughs) um, is it a... Is it a Netflix original? Yes, I think. It just says distributed by Netflix, so I, oh, it is a Netflix original. I don't know why I cared so much about that. I, I don't know why that was important. Um, anyways, uh, but it's, it's a biopic. It's about, what kind of, it's about, um, Molly Crew, the band, uh, and it actually is pretty accurate. Uh, it's based on a book that the band actually wrote, um, and, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, they were kind of involved. I know that they didn't love the movie, um, I don't remember who, but one of them, one of, like, the actual band members, one of them was just talking about how he just, like, didn't like those kinds of movies in general, um, and he, like, just thinks they're kind of cheesy, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Why am I going so far into this? Anyways, um, what other movies do I like? Um, that's a good question. Hold on. Okay, wait. (laughs) I'm back. Um, I had a moment. You probably wouldn't have noticed if I didn't say anything again. Like, if if I hadn't said anything, you probably wouldn't have noticed that I, I stopped it. You might have, but then... I don't know. Anyways, I had a moment. Fun fact about me, I have psychosis, which is a mental illness. It's like schizophrenia. It's like diet schizophrenia. That's not what it is. I actually don't really know the difference between psychosis and schizophrenia. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know the difference. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if there is a difference, <laughs> there might not be. I just know that my therapist and psychiatrist said I had psychosis. That's all I know. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I had a moment though, and I had to leave the room for a minute because I was having a moment. I saw, okay, I think I saw a spider, like an actual real spider, across the room, and then after that. I started seeing many, many spiders. Many, many, many spiders. All over the room. So then I had to leave. And now I'm back. And there are, I think, just the one spider that I saw before. But it either disappeared somewhere behind something, or that was not real either. Hard to say. If it comes back, maybe I'll... Is that it? That is nothing. That is quite literally nothing. Um, anyways, moving on. Don't remember what I was talking about, actually. Oh yeah, I was talking about what movies I like. 
I think that's it. I think I like no more movies. I like zero movies beyond that. I've never enjoyed a movie beyond those movies that I've already listed. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I genuinely... I have more movies up here. Okay, some of those aren't my favorites. Some of those I just bought, like, a really long time ago. I mean, like, I like them, but they're not my favorites. Um, we have... Can you even see? Les Mis, Blade Runner, The Scorched Trials. I'm not gonna lie, I did not know I had that. One of the Mission Impossible movies, but I can't tell which one. Phantom of the Opera, The First Captain America, and The First Avengers. I just cut myself with the fan again! Oh my god! My hand is bleeding. Anyways... Um, Les Mis is actually one of my favorite musicals. Um, unpopular opinion, I love the movie, and I like it more than a stage musical. A lot of people don't agree with that. I think, I think the movie is better than stage musical. I think the stage musical is so awkward. Um, it's just, I, I've never seen a good production of it. I mean, the productions are good, it's just always very awkward. Like, I've never seen a non-awkward production of it. Same with Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia and Les Mis, I think, are just very difficult to do on stage were they both originally meant for stage yeah i think unless i'm stupid i think they're both meant for stage women's was definitely meant for stage it premiered in 1980 uh was mama mia meant for stage yes it premiered in 1999 um, so anyways, as I was saying, although both of those musicals were originally written for stage, I think they are just awkward on stage. I do. Um, for Mamma Mia, I think it's just very difficult to, like, portray a Greek island with locations on stage. Like, I just, I think it's, it's very difficult. Um, honestly, simply is, like, I think it's just difficult to, like, do so many set changes and just be in so many different locations and also have so many different characters, like main characters, um, and also just have so many things going on at once. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like it's just very difficult to show that on a stage. What is going on outside my house? I don't know if you can hear that, but there was just a scraping noise, like... Something scraping against the road very loudly outside my house. Anyways. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I honestly like the movies for those better than the stage versions. Um, not that I don't like the stage versions, because I definitely do. I just like the movies better. Anyways. Um, Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner. It's definitely not one of my favorites, but I do really like it. It's definitely up there. It's up there. Maybe in, like, my top 15 or 20. I don't know. Uh, Scorch Trials? I genuinely do not know where I got that movie or when. Uh, I didn't even know I owned it on DVD. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I've never even seen that. Like, I feel like I've genuinely never even seen that movie at all. Like, like, I've never seen it in my room, on my shelf, with all my other movies. I've never seen the DVD there. But also, I have just never seen the movie, I feel like. 
So I don't know where I feel like I I saw the first Maze Runner. Don't think I saw the second one. I read it. I don't think I saw the movie. Maybe I will. Maybe that's what I'll do tonight. Anyways, uh, Mission Impossible. Again, I like Mission Impossible. Not my favorite. I like it. Um, I think I also bought. I think I bought that one with Monster House on the same sale. Phantom. I love Phantom. I do. Not one of my favorites again, but I love it. Um, I love the stage musical as well. I wish to see it live. I I wish <laughs> I've seen it. Um, like bootlegs of it. I think I feel like one professional recording of it. Um like on YouTube. Just a professional recording on YouTube. Uh but I wish I wish to see it live very much. Um and then we have Captain America and Avengers. I feel like I already talked about the Marvel movies. I like Marvel movies. Uh neither of those are my favorites, but they definitely are pretty good. Um are there any Marvel movies I don't like? Let's think. I don't think I liked Fantastic Four. That's not part of the MCU. I think that's like a separate, separate thing. But I don't think I liked it. Um, like, at all. Like, I think it was very boring. Um, both of them. There's the original one. And I saw the remake in the theater when it came out. And I don't think I liked that one either. Don't remember, though. That was a number of years ago. When did that come out? When was that? I feel like it was either ten years ago or, like, yesterday. <laughs> um, let's find out, though. Fantastic for... Oh, there's multiple? Wait. No, the one... The new one. 2015. Six years ago. How old was I six years ago? Like... I don't know. Anyways, um... Moving on. It was six years ago. Uh, anyway, that's what I don't, I don't... I don't think I liked that Marvel movie. Um, I don't think I didn't like any other Marvel movies. I think, like, even the ones that weren't that good, like, I still kind of liked them. I thought they were pretty good. I mean, even if they weren't good, like, I, I, I don't know. I just... I didn't have negative feelings for them. I was just like, okay, this is, like, a movie, you know? Like, it's not bad. It's just not that good, you know? Anyways, why am I talking about this? This has nothing to do with anything. It does, but, like, I sat here talking about movies for half an hour, and I said I was going to talk about movies for 15 minutes. So I think I'm just going to, I'm going to stop talking, because I need to turn my fan back on, because I am literally sitting here sweating. It is over 100 degrees, and I, I, yeah, I'm running out of things to talk about. So, see you hopefully next week. Hopefully we will have that going. I am going to Maine for a month and a half. I feel like I mentioned that, but also I feel like I didn't. Um, I am going to Maine for a month and a half, so there might be a quick little hiatus on episodes. There might not be. I might record a Maine. We'll see. Anyways, uh, peace and love. And I am now ending this podcast, so goodbye.